Hello, listeners, and welcome to another edition of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I am here today with Lauren Jackson. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jana. It's so fun to be here. You and I have gotten to know each other a little bit this year. Well, a lot of it, honestly. Uh, you've been on some of our advisory committees and uh, are actually helping us with some development of a new resource. Listeners, stay tuned. Um, and I'm just so glad that you're finally here with us on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I am so excited. So I want you to be able to tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us um, about your background and your family and what you're doing now. Yeah. So I um, currently live outside of Denver, Colorado. I um, have been married to my husband, Luke, for eight years, and we have two small kids. So we are in the thick of the toddler and preschool world, which is so fun and so crazy. Um, I have been in the kids ministry world for, I like to say, as long as I can remember, like since I was a kid. Um, I have always known that I wanted to be in kids ministry. And so I served and interned at a handful of churches in high school and college. And then um, I've worked at three different churches um, since graduating and kind of over the past decade. Um, and it ranges from small church, church plant, mega church, multi-site church. And so I feel like I've got to experience um, all sorts of different environments where um, the gospel is being preached. So it's been so fun to be a part of this community. I love that. And I love how you talk about almost being called from as a child. Uh, I grew up in ministry too, and I feel that way too, even though I didn't necessarily say, I want to be in kids ministry. I feel like the Lord was sort of weaving his story even through just volunteering at my church in middle school and high school, whether that was in camp ministry or uh, I remember my mom and I uh, uh, volunteering in preschool together. That's where I learned so much about early childhood and things like that. Do you agree? Totally. I mean, growing up, my family made church a part of our life. Like my parents mm -hmm. served uh, my dad would take off work to serve at VBS. And I also, in addition to my family, I just was really blessed with some really great leaders in my life. Some the kids director growing up just really poured into me and allowed me to do life with her. Like she would take me when she went to Costco to buy snacks for Sunday morning. And I would babysit her kids and just what it looks like to um, do life with people and really model what it looked like to be in ministry. And so I got to learn a lot of the back end of working in ministry and mm -hmm. um, what it actually looks like just from watching my kids pastor then, my mentor now. Um, and so it, that was really sweet to have the combination of parents, influence, but also the volunteers and leaders at the church that I grew up in. And see, we talk about that so much with the importance of serving. So kids serving uh, usually means that your parents have to be involved. And so uh, I love just having a tangible story of someone who actually ended up in kids ministry because of those early experiences with parents and then having a mentor who was uh, willing to uh, have you live a little life with her. That is um, what we want to see in our kids and our students now. It makes a huge difference. 
Well, um, one of those churches that you talked about, uh, you and I have in common. So we, we have both served at the Austin Stone in Austin, Texas. Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah. So my husband and I were coming out of a church environment and we kind of were asking God of like, what is next? What's next for our season? Uh, my husband is both, uh, we are both in ministry. So we both served on a church staff and for some reason we were living in Colorado and for some reason, God called us to Austin, Texas, and I will never understand it, but I will always be super thankful, um, for this season in Austin. And, um, I was the kids director at one of their congregations and it was a gift. It was truly a gift. The staff and families, a part of the stone are some of the best. And, um, I always like to say people live in Texas for the people in Texas, maybe not necessarily for the weather in Texas. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so we just made some of the sweetest friendships and I love the church. I love the staff. I thoroughly enjoyed being on staff. I mm -hmm. learned so much. I grew in my relationship with Jesus and, um, so yeah, it, I loved it. It was such a gift. That's so awesome. And I share a lot of those same um, experiences and have gained a lot of those things as well. Just from my experience uh, during that time on staff <clears throat> in Austin with Austin Stone, especially about living on mission in community. And they modeled that so well, uh, not only for their their members and their congregation, but also for their staff and encouraging us to also uh, in our neighborhoods, uh, live on mission with our neighbors and not just, you know, congregate together with the church staff and with, uh, uh, you know, congregants, if you will. Um, uh, and I learned so much about just being able to do that and have really, um, used that in my ministry going forward, um, as we develop content and as we train leaders, uh, to, to cast that vision for the families that they're serving. So I love that about the stone. And you're so right about Texas. It is the people, not the weather. And now exactly. you're in Denver and it is August right now. Uh, tell us what the weather is like right now. You know, it's hot, but it's not anywhere near Texas hot. <laughs> like it is, it is warm here in Colorado. And I feel like it is warm for typical Colorado but also we are about to head to the mountains for the weekend and there you go. I'm so the weather is perfect. And so I'm super excited to have that little cooler uh, mountain air for a couple days. Exactly. Whereas most Texans are also going to the mountains, but they're getting in their cars and loading up their bikes and luggage and driving for, you know, 15 hours to get there. So that is the luxury no, of having you. <laughs> in your backyard. I'm so excited. My husband and I are going to Denver next month. So hopefully by then the weather will be incredible. So I'm super yes. excited about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. For sure. So um, I want you to also tell us a little bit about what you currently do right now. You're not uh, serving on a church staff, but you are still in the world of kids ministry. So tell us about what you're doing now. Yeah. So when we moved back from uh, Texas back to Colorado, uh, my husband took a job at a church here in Colorado in the production and tech world. And so I stepped away from my Sunday to Sunday rhythms of being on a church staff 
and really decided to take that and pour into kids ministry leaders, right? If I am not working on Sundays, I have the capacity and the willingness to just serve the leaders around me. And so I created an organization called Kids Ministry Circle, and that's just a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. So we've got seasonal cohorts that operate in the fall and in the spring, and they're completely free. So I'm just creating a space for kids ministry leaders to come together and just meet other leaders and feel a little bit less lonely in their ministry. And they can gain ideas and be encouraged and be prayed for and just gain some new perspective on what ministry could look like. And um, so, yeah, it's been super fun getting to know ministry leaders from all over, like all over the United States and just being able to hear the things that they're doing and the amazing ways that they are reaching their community and just uh, reaching people and kids and families for the gospel. So it's super fun um, to kind of be on this new adventure. I love that uh, you have been called to that because it is so important right now. You know, we were talking about community earlier and I want to dive into our topic because one of the things that uh, you have told me that you are um, watching and seeing as just a common trend in the world of kids ministry is feeling alone in this dynamic of, of loneliness while being uh, on church staff. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of that came from just my own experiences. Um, I was on a church planting staff and I was the only staff member um, really leading kids ministry. I did have a killer assistant, so she was great, but I also chose that. I had the option to either work more hours or find an assistant. And I asked for my assistant because she's the best. Um, but I felt a lot of loneliness being the only one really leading the kids ministry and in the weeds on Sunday to Sunday um, and in a church planting context, it can be really lonely. And uh, my lead pastor at the time had no kids ministry experience. And so he relied heavily on me to make the decisions. And I just wasn't sure I wasn't as confident as I could have been in my ministry um, experience and just in my knowledge. And so uh, I was still growing as a leader and it kind of felt isolating in a lot of ways, um, just kind of not having anyone to lean on and not having a lot of friends in the ministry world. And then I transitioned to the Austin Stone and I was a kids director, but I also had five other kids directors and a handful of associates, and then a handful of more staff that mm -hmm. were constantly encouraging me and equipping me and supporting me. And just, I knew they were praying for me and my ministry at the congregation that I was at. And it was like nothing I had experienced before. And it, and it was completely different than the loneliness that I felt in a smaller church context. And it dawned on me that I feel like every kids ministry leader deserves to have the team and the support and the encouragement behind them. And it just may not be without, within your church staff, but what could it look like to connect kids ministry leaders with each other? So they knew they had people that they could turn to. They could call and say, hey, I'm struggling with this or I'm trying to figure out <clears throat> this event or I'm just not sure what to do in this situation um, instead of feeling like they needed to shoulder all of that. And so 
Um, a lot of this came from my own personal experience, but I think a lot of kids ministry leaders can relate to just this desire to feel a little bit less lonely in their role. Um, and I think a lot of this is heightened, especially coming out of COVID. And there were so many unknowns and so many people had no idea what they're doing. And I think now more than ever, kids ministry leaders need each other to offer mm -hmm. that support and encouragement. Absolutely. And uh, I remember my own experience in church planting. You feel like you are the only person who knows what they're doing and who maybe at some point in your darkest days feels like you're the only one that cares. Um, oh, and like totally. You <laughs> and we know that's probably not the case, but you sure feel that way sometimes, especially in maybe a smaller church or a church plant. Uh, because you really are sometimes the only dedicated staff person. And it's mm -hmm. really up to you to uh, find your volunteers, to make sure that the Sam's Club errands are run for, for yep. supplies and snacks, to make sure that uh, the copies are made, that the curriculum is downloaded, that technology is working, that toys are clean. All of the things really yep. come down to you. And so uh, sometimes in our um, darker days, we get resentful of that and feel like, you know what, I shouldn't be the only one caring about this. Um, and so that can be that can send you into feeling more isolated and more lonely. Um, yeah. So I know we have listeners that serve in both of those capacities of church plant world and smaller uh, churches. So this dynamic of um, of what you're saying is, even though you were on a bigger church staff, uh, that was really um, intentional on the part of your your colleagues and your coworkers. Because mm -hmm. I know some people on larger church staffs that still feel lonely and isolated as the totally. kids person. So tell us what that intentionality was that really was beneficial to you. I think it. In the mega church environment, you're right, Jana, people can still feel isolated and maybe there's not a good culture cultivated amongst the staff of community instead of competition. Um, and, and I think ultimately it came from the top down. And so when we think of executive pastors and lead pastors and campus pastors and all of those roles, like they set the tone for the culture and culture is not created in a day. And so maybe your church is in a big transition and the culture is shifting. And um, I would encourage you that if you feel small and if you feel like your voice isn't heard and you feel lonely in your role, you can start shifting the culture. You can start reaching out to your coworkers. Maybe they're at another congregation or at another campus in the same role. Um, you can reach out to them and say, hey, I'd love to get some feedback. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to learn more about who you are and how God is teaching you all of those things, you can make the first step to do that. And I would highly encourage you to also work on building relationship amongst 
the student staff and the youth ministry staff. And I think that's something that the Stone did well is they treated us as an entire family ministry team. And so that was that created a lot of community amongst the student staff and the kids staff. Um, but also there was a lot of collaboration. And I think that's unique to the Stone. Like we the Stone still runs um, church wide events that happen for all the congregations together. And so like our daddy daughter dance is something that all of us collaborated on. It wasn't just one congregation doing it this way. Uh, And so that brought a lot of community and just a lot of shared knowledge to the table. And, um, and so I think the last thing is you want to go into it knowing that you can always learn something. Hmm. Like maybe you feel like, they may not know, or they may not understand, or maybe your context is different. Um, I would sit at a table with kids directors that were at our setup and teardown location, or I would sit across the table from directors who had a fancier building than I did. Mm-hmm. But having the understanding and having the humility to know, hey, I can still learn something from what they're doing and what their ministry looks like is really key to creating that community And I think it's just modeling, it's modeling Jesus with your colleagues and with your coworkers of just what does it look like to remain humble and to be kind and gracious towards the people that you work with, Um, but also just getting to know them on a deeper level past just what you see in the office. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so reaching out to our colleagues on our church staff is one way to sort of combat this loneliness dynamic. But also you talk a lot about the value of reaching out to other kids ministry people at other congregations that are doing similar work so that you can share those things, uh, but they don't necessarily have to be on your church staff. Tell us why that is also important. Totally. I think, um, there's a lot of it taking where we live in Colorado outside of Denver. There's a lot of churches and they're doing a lot of really great things. And I think when we talk about this feelings of isolation and the feelings of loneliness, it can come with the things that you're saying to your, in your mind and the things that you're saying to yourself of, I'm the only one who can't find volunteers. I have a super low budget and I can't make this work. I don't have enough space or I don't have an indoor playground or I don't have this and I don't have that. And I think that just buries us. It buries us in a negative mindset. And I think when you reach outside of yourself and when you connect with other kids ministry leaders, you'll realize that most people are struggling with the same thing. And I think that brings a lot of perspective And a lot of hope knowing that, hey, we are all in this together. It's not a competition between you and the church down the road, right? You want to collaborate to make the kingdom bigger and to make the kingdom known in your city. And I think that's something that our city in Arvada, Colorado is doing really well. It's the churches are coming together because they know that it's not about which church has the biggest building and which church has the most families and the most kids. It's about, Hey, how can we reach the lost? Because there are, there are a lot of families that are, you think about how many families are moving across the country right now and how many families still don't know the gospel. And that's what, that's what it's about. It's not about, well, let's, 
have the biggest and best event in the city. And so how can we work together and share ideas so that we continue to reach the lost with the gospel? And and I think that perspective is so important when you feel those feelings of loneliness and isolation is to pick your head up out of the weeds of your Sunday to Sunday and sit across the table and say, oh, actually, like the person down the street with a church that looks really fancy on the outside is just a human. They're just a person trying to do the same thing that I am, the same things that we are. It's recruiting volunteers, equipping parents, training my volunteers, finding ways to reach kids, welcoming. Like it's all of the same things that we're doing Sunday to Sunday, just in a different context. And so how can you share ideas and encourage one another and lift one another up so that we're both feeling those feelings of encouragement and less feelings of isolation and loneliness. I love that uh, because right away you have lots in common there. Uh, but some of the other things that I think of that, uh, that you'll have in common with those people is that they get that uh, Easter's and Christmases are, are not necessarily the same relaxing time for your family as, you know, it is for some or most, let's face it. Uh, so just sharing those kinds of things or uh, the dynamic of working on Saturdays and weekends um, and things like that, they get that. Whereas yeah. other, you know, friends may not get that. Um, so I think that that's, that's a, a really neat benefit that you can have by reaching out to other kids ministry leaders across your community. But yeah. I do, tell me what you think about this. I do think that it is important to also have some friends that aren't in church work at all. Like that, that you can just be yourself and not talk about ideas, not talk about dynamics, uh, not talk about the hard stuff or the good stuff, just a totally different group. Do you agree with that? I do. I think it's really helpful to have people that are outside the church world. Um, and maybe they go to a different church. Maybe they're college friends, whatever it may be. Um, because there is this reality that for a lot of people in ministry, when you're friends with people at your church or in other ministry ministries at churches in the area, you're always there's your name and then there's your title. Like you're mm -hmm. always the kids director. You're always the children's pastor. And that can be really hard um, for a lot of people to feel like they can share certain things or really mm -hmm. be themselves and bring um, themselves fully into a conversation or into an mm -hmm. environment. And so I think it's important for us. We find a lot of that in our neighbors. There's a lot of our neighbors that don't go to our church and we can just hang out with them and they don't have to, we don't have to feel this pressure to say, Hey, did you listen to that sermon last week? How's it going? Like, how do you feel? Like, or I feel like there's this, always this pressure and this assumption that uh, people are going to ask you to serve in kids ministry. And so yes. there's just like, there's like, Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you to serve. I just want to like hang out. I just want to have lunch. Right. right. This is not a church thing or it's a, just a friendship thing. And so, yeah, it can be tricky. Um, and so, I mean, it's some of our dearest friends and some of our best community have come from inside the church. 
And, but also some of them have come from outside the church. And so I think it's a both and I think both are important. Um, and I think both serve an incredible purpose. Absolutely. You know, um, I used to feel like I, uh, like my own friends that were at my church would start hiding from me on Sunday mornings because they knew that if I saw them, I was going to make a beeline to say, Hey, can you be in two year olds this Sunday? (laughs) And, uh, that's not a great feeling when, when, uh, when you feel like that on a regular basis. So absolutely. So you've identified three, uh, big groups of people that I think, uh, our ministry leaders need to be mindful of, uh, to combat this loneliness dynamic. So Mm -hmm. reaching out to your current colleagues on your church staff. And maybe especially your student ministry, because they you do share a lot in common with them. And it's important yep. for you all to be on the same page. You're serving a lot of times the same families. And there can be a lot of low-hanging fruit there to make good connections uh, on, yeah, I think, on your church staff. I think that one is really key if you are the only kids ministry staff person. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you are the only one leading kids ministry I would highly recommend forming a friendship with the student minister or the student pastor or whatever their title is. Um, one of my dearest friends is an old coworker of mine and he was the youth pastor and I got to know his family and we would have dinners like our, like we would have dinners with them. And it was just a really sweet relationship because there was a sense of understanding and we were the only ones on our staff for a couple years. And that friendship is really sweet. That's awesome. So you have that group identified and then find some community of people who are doing the same thing that you're doing, but yeah. at a different church. And yeah. that's why I love what you're doing with um, the Kidmen's Circle is uh, you're connecting those people from across the country. And mm-hmm. so you're not just limited to who's in your town. You you have access to people from all over and you're yeah. developing community there. And I love that. And then lastly, that group of perhaps a few friends that... Uh, are not in your church and they're not Mm -hmm. in the world of kids ministry. Uh, They are a safe place to, uh, to be yourself and not to worry about um, having to talk about church or church dynamics or work dynamics, but just to be able to be yourself. So that group is important as well. Um, Thank you so much. These are all great ideas and reminders. And I want our listeners uh, to tune into that and dial into the fact that we don't have to stay lonely and isolated. I know this whole loneliness epidemic, we talk about a lot uh, just because it is uh, par for the course in the world that we live in right now. And we know that that was a thing before COVID and then lockdowns happened and we got even more double down into our isolation um, from, from, you know, community. And so as we're coming out and as we're looking around, um, seeing what's next and forging those friendships and forging that community, I think it's great, first of all, to have the awareness and then to pursue those things. So totally. Thank you so much. I think it's important to say, Jana, if there are kids ministry leaders listening who are really struggling with feelings of burnout and just that what you talked about at the beginning of those feelings of bitterness, Mm -hmm. um, I would encourage you to seek 
a biblical counselor. And there are Mm -hmm. a lot of counselors that are working and that are really trained in ministry staff and in the church world that could so be helpful to you um, because it is it is hard. It's a hard world Mm -hmm. to be in. And so um, if you are struggling in this area, the best thing you can do is be honest with yourself, but also be honest with your boss and your pastors and then seek some outside help um, because it it will it will help you. I promise. That's a great reminder. And I encourage the same thing. Um, and thank you for that. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Uh, no this problem. has been a great conversation. Um, and listeners, if you want to know more about Kids Ministry Circle, Lauren, tell us where they can find out about that. Yes. Yeah, so a lot of stuff happens over on our Instagram, which is at Kids Ministry Circle. But you can head to our website, um, kidsministrycircle.com to learn more about cohorts and find some fun free resources over there. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And listeners, I cannot let you go without a quick invite to come to Nashville this October for the Etch Conference. So you can find out more information about how to do that, how to purchase tickets and um, join us at etchconference.com. We are going to have a great lineup of speakers and worship and uh, breakout content. And more than anything, it's an opportunity to develop that kind of community that we're talking about. So join us in October. Find out more at edgeconference.com. And listeners, we will see you next time on the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.